0: You sure looking crafty. 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 You could make a raft out of pencils and foam. You sure looking happy. Happy happy. Cause Hello. Make it snap. Hello. Hey, good morning. Yes. This is the Stitchcraft Podcast, episode twenty one. yeah <laughs> I feel like Adele has albums named after her years. Yes. I feel like 21 should be really important. This, is, this podcast can drink now. It should <laughs> be <enough>. voting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it should have been voting for several years now. Um, we're going to
1: apologize in advance. We have a number of pets in the vicinity, and you may be able to hear them intermittently.
0: There's Tubi. Yeah, hi Tubi. <laughs> <laughs> Miranda
1: and I are coming to you from Minneapolis, where we have spent um, the better part of Labor Day weekend. It is now the Monday of Labor Day weekend and I have been colonized by the cat who is on my lap. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and it's a pretty good morning. And we're on our our uh,
0: screened in porch up in the trees, so which is pretty lovely. It's a pretty perfect morning. So, wow, Toby, I'm definitely going to need you to not make a lot of noise. Thank you so much. Thank you for tap dancing your way in here <laughs> as an introduction. Anyway, all right, so uh, I think we can start with what's in your cup, but it's going to be the same thing, so we we
1: are both drinking the exact same thing, which is coffee, because it is the morning,
0: but let's talk about our cups here for a minute. Uh, You definitely have one that says, Minnesota, oofta, yeah, you betcha, which,
1: (laughs) you know, it's it's very rare that I get to um, drink out of a vessel. That is covered with my native
0: language, Uper. <laughs> Uper. Yeah, it's definitely. So, okay. Okay. We yeah, have, we've to, been... pause. We have yeah, to pause. Yeah, this is too this much. Is too <laughs> much. It's too rich. Well, <laughs> that interruption was brought to you by too many
1: animals wanting to snuggle on the very same tiny couch, and then getting jealous of each other <laughs> for the snuggles that the other was receiving, and we had to we had to break it up.
0: I'm pretty sure. The cat didn't make any noise, but she made the most action with her arms on the She was definitely the worst. (laughs) She was instigating quite a lot. And uh, she, (laughs) as she swiped Tubi's face, I'm sure you heard a lot of... (sighs) 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 Just a whole lot of fucking noise. Anyways, by the way, Alan and I are sitting on a love seat. (laughs) So you can only imagine, you know, I'm a bit of a big bottom girl and... uh, you know, Alan takes up space, she is a human, and a cat plus a dog that's... It's too much. It was too much. So anyways, hi, we're back. We're having coffee. Alan <laughs> has a mug that's covered in the native language of of our it's a, northern people. It's the language people. of my people. <laughs> Minnesota. Ufda, Yeah, you betcha. I didn't realize this, that you betcha was not a normal thing to say. Like, saying, yeah, you bet. Mm-hmm. Like, bet, I think people think you're, there's like a gamble, there's a a risk to be involved and I didn't realize that people don't say that outside of here.
1: Oh, you betcha is not a thing that Yeah, that's true. Because
0: that's like I remember I was in San Francisco and I said something to someone, and I was like, oh, Yeah, I bet, or you bet. And they're like, Bet what? <laughs> and I was like, uh, I don't know. I've just always really said that. I don't understand it. So yeah, anyways, I've learned that that's a you betcha is something else. Anyways, um and then the Part mar- of our regional dialect. <laughs> And then the mug I have is from Sri Lanka, from Paradise Road. So anyone who I know from Levi's, who's traveled with me to Sri Lanka, wow, cat too? No, stop meowing. Anyways, um, uh, she's so chatty. <laughs> I feel like when we recorded outside in Iowa, there was like birds and insects and lots of like wildlife. And mine is just like domestic cat. <laughs> <laughs> trying to be everywhere okay. right now. Anyways, and she's definitely scaling garbage. <laughs> yep, I can hear that shit she's, move. She's up Junk Mountain right now. <laughs> <laughs> Treasure's gone by mountain. <laughs> um, anyways, I did digress. The point is, I got this from Sri Lanka. There's something about carrying a domestic item all the way back to a uh, to your home that when it does arrive still in solid form, it's kind of amazing. So yeah, I think... I don't think the Sri Lankan mug is that important, other than it has survived multiple moves. Mm -hmm. And it made it all the way back here surprisingly well. Yeah. So, anyways, that's what's in our cup. I feel like we should also give some honorable mentions to a few other places that we've been and been drinking.
1: Yes. Um, So, I guess I will start with um, yesterday for uh, the Sunday of Labor Day weekend. We went to Robbinsville. I think the name of the town. Robbinsdale. Robbinsdale. Well, yeah. So it is um, sort of a near suburb of Minneapolis.
0: North of here, yeah.
1: And we went to Wicked Wort Brewing Company, um, which was really good. It was. Yeah. So Robbinsdale has this cute little downtown. It's quite small. Um, basically one couple streets maybe. And um, Wicked Wort is next to a coffee shop that also looks like a really cute place. We did not venture inside because we were there for a different purpose. But um, yeah, so Wicked Wart had, I think that my favorite... Th- so they had a really good Kolsch. It was called like Big Deal Kolsch. And it wasn't it wasn't flavored like anything. It was just a no, really just a drinkable- nice, drinkable, fresh, little bit malty Kolsch. I
0: think that their Hazy IPA...
1: Yeah, Make My Day Hazy IPA was definitely the... Um,
0: best beer that we had there. We had. <clears throat> For our tastes. Yeah. Um, but everyone else was loving their summer wheat raspberry. So.
1: Yeah, I didn't even taste the raspberry beer um, which is kind of weird. I, I thought that I like by the end of the time we were there I was like I thought I had sampled all the beers that people had but I hadn't. I didn't have the raspberry one. I think I just wasn't in that like a berry kind of mood. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't like I wasn't into something fruity because that um, Hazy IPA tastes pretty fruity. It's, um, it's very juicy, but, um, yeah, I just wasn't in the mood for anything that was, like, overtly made of fruit,
0: I guess. Yeah. Well, and also we were pacing ourselves, because we knew that we were going to go to the great Minnesota get-together, and, uh, we just wanted... We went to the state fair. We did! Hold on, chink. Like, clank, Chink. There. Okay. Um, we didn't drink there at the state fair. No. But But we... Go
1: ahead. I'm just going to say, we um, we didn't want to drink too much earlier in the day and then not be able to get to and enjoy the state fair. Right. So
0: I feel like it is a marathon, not a sprint. mm mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to think of some other things that we've been drinking this weekend. We've been drinking lots of New Glarus, of course, lots of New Glarus from Wisconsin because that is the way of our people. Um, and we've had, like, a bunch of Surly beers. We've had Castle Danger a bunch. Um, yeah, we've kind of... You, we really haven't gone out, except for that one time of Wicked Wort, But Wicked Wort was really good, and I was, I was surprised. I'd never heard of Wicked Wort brewing before, so that I thought it was really good.
1: Yeah, it was really good. And they also had a bunch of um, really creative beers, so...
0: Oh, Wow, that great. was loud.
1: Sorry, guys. This neighborhood enjoys yeah. not having well, up-to-date mufflers. It's really cool. It's Labor Day weekend, so it's time to bust out all the vehicles, I guess. <laughs> all of
0: them. <laughs> um,
1: so... Uh, so Wicked Wort had a number of things I thought were pretty creative. Like they had a sour strawberry dream sickle and it was not the beer that I was in the mood for that day cuz mm-hmm. it, it was a sour and I was not really in the mood for a sour, but it was quite quite good. And then um I had their I don't even remember what it's called, but it was their Irish red that was made with Reese's puff cereal.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. I wonder
1: what that was. I didn't see that. It was on their little, um, it's like they have their big board that mm-hmm. says all their beers and then they had just a little tiny board next to the bar, I think because those are the beers that they don't have very much of so they have to be able to change it a lot. Whereas oh. like the all the IPAs and stuff they have in very large quantities so they, don't, they know that they don't need to change that sign very often. So in the little sign they had that one and then they also had their um, Sour Mango Double IPA which I bought a bottle of, um, but did not order there. It's a sour, sour mango double IPA aged in tequila barrels. And I thought, that seems worth a try. That's a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Might be good.
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Um, and then on the way here, Pat and I, on the way up from Iowa, stopped at Pulpit Rock in Decorah, Iowa. And Decorah, Iowa is a little college town in um, northern Iowa. Yeah, uh, Luther College is there. And Luther College is interesting because class, students at Luther only take one class at a time. So it's super intense. And I forget wow. how long each class is. I think maybe they vary, but they sort of are blocked. They they refer to it as a block schedule, but it's no block I've ever heard of. It's <laughs> um, like,
0: uh, where? <laughs> yeah.
1: So it's not like multiple classes in a block. It's like one class at a time. And you really devote yourself to understanding that topic wow. at that time. But yeah, so they had... Um, they have a couple breweries there, and we decided to go to Pulpit Rock, and uh, that was lovely. The beers were really good. Um, I heard from a friend of mine who goes to breweries and is himself a home brewer that he's never been to Pulpit Rock when it wasn't really busy. Oh, <laughs> because I just you know it's a popular place, and their stuff is really good. And you probably could have guessed that um, the beer that I really like there is their New England style IPA, mm-hmm. their hazy IPA. Which they, is called uh, Softig. Oh, okay. So
0: Softig. <laughs> yeah.
1: it's really cute. Um, so that was really nice. And they also had one... They had an IP that was very good that I... You know, because we were driving, I only had a sip of It's uh, the Rhyme Animal. Um, which was excellent. Dang. Yeah. And then I think we bought a bottle without even tasting it because it was rated really highly. Their are uh, barrel-aged Gallagher, which is like their birthday beer. Oh, okay. So it was a a beer with um, a bunch of different fruits like blackberries, blueberries Ooh, stuff like that, that and delightful. a barrel aged yeah I thought that sounded delightful and I was like I'll buy that I was supposed to say sight unseen but taste untasted I bought yeah. it without tasting it yes <laughs> you're like and I, I'm gonna try for it you know worst thing that happens is I pull it out you know when I have friends over and we all taste it and agree
0: that it's fine yep you know cause it's beer yeah. fine I always have to remind myself if I don't like a beer, not to say that this is going to happen to this beer, but other beers, I always stop myself and not go too far, because you can always make bread out of it. Mm. My ex's, uh, my father-in-law, was like, anytime I was like, oh, gross, he's like, keep it. We're making beer, okay. Or not beer, we're making bread beer or whatever, beer bread. Um, He definitely did that with some champagne that someone bought me as a joke, and I opened it (laughs) to try champagne, because I've never had it. That is just, dis- I did not like that. <laughs> Couldn't make that work. No, it is not champagne. <laughs> champagne. <It's>, no, champagne <laughs> is pretty not cool. I'm sure someone out there is like, oh, I love it. Well, it's all yours. So. <laughs> but uh, he definitely made bread for it the next day. Nice. Yeah, not bad. Nice. Um, so, yeah, I kind of love your tour. I like that you guys plan brewery tours. Not tours, but like on your driving trips that you make... Very good stops. Unlike me, who I'm like, now we gotta stop at the Super America because I need a pee and I need a snack. Like I just don't plan my stops well. I just force myself into a rest stop. <laughs> and I think that's one thing that I do pretty well because
1: of um, all the drives that I had to do when I was in grad school between Iowa and Michigan. You know, I had to and I have to. I make mean, it sound like it's such a trial, but I I did make road trips back and forth. You know, pretty, I would like what, three or four times a year. That's an eight hour drive. So I would, um, I was the champion of um, hitting up my local library's um, audiobook selection, either mm. on CD or downloaded onto my iPod. Um, so I would get really excited about the books that I was gonna get to listen to on the way. Um, and I would plan out the places that I was gonna stop so that um, I had something to look forward to. And I tried to plan the stops so that they were, you know, kind of relatively evenly spaced along the drive so that I didn't have like a six hour window that was just nothing. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's, I still, I still do that. Um, I think that's awesome. And I think a lot of people who don't do road trips very often might not think about that. But um, now that there's Yelp and Google Maps and stuff, like, you
0: really don't have to, uh, work that hard. I know. I was to like, I figure yeah, out where you're going to go. You could plan it out that morning, that evening yeah. before you go. So yeah. I have a friend who, I don't know if she's going to listen or not, but she uh, plans all her road trips around uh, NPR shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she's like, we like to start so that we also start with wait, wait, don't tell me. <laughs> and it's, a I was like, it's a strong start. It's I, love, a strong I was like, start. that is really cute. And I think that's really, I mean, a lot of that stuff's on demand now, but she when she does a road trip, she wants to plan it around her favorite NPR shows. Cause you're right, most places will play them, and around the same time. So, not a bad thing to do. Yeah. Um. Anywho, I forgot where where we're we going. With it? We were still doing what's in my cup, but um, you, yours is like what's in my road trip. Is yes, what, yeah, that, with that, that was a little more.
1: Yeah, what little more what's in my road trip, and it has been a delicious road trip.
0: I was gonna say, yeah, we haven't really gone out a whole bunch, but. We've been eating and drinking and having a good time.
1: Well, and then the other thing that we did consume was uh, corn dogs at the state fair, and a fresh elephant ear. I
0: but the corn dogs were really the i the pinnacle. I can't believe how good that corn dog was, but it was so good that when I saw the larger corn dogs later, mm-hmm. I just I was like I don't care.
1: Now the larger corn dogs, they didn't have the right um, caramelization, goldeny color. They, I don't think the they were fried. Cooking. Yeah, I don't know if they they may have been not fried, but these were just like the normal size corn dogs and the the frying was perfect. It was like the right amount of crisp but not greasy. It was um, amazing. Yeah, it was it was lovely and the and the corning, the corning, the cornmeal <laughs> was adhered really well to the hot dogs so that when you put um like we put uh condiments on it. Yeah, yeah. condiments on it. Um then you bit into it. You didn't just, like, pull all the,
0: the cornmeal off Yeah,
1: when you bit into it.
0: That was, mm. it was, till the bitter end, it was perfect. There was no bitter end. Sorry, it was delicious. Yeah, there was no bitter end. It was sp- effing great. But we, um, we needed to load up because we went to the State Fair at, like, 6 o'clock. Like, 6.30 p.m. Yes. And I'm going to say this about Minnesota State Fair. Maybe I'm giving my gold star a little too early, but they got their public transit down. Mm-hmm. We park and ride, like, two miles from the house. For free we get all the way there it dropped us off right in front of the ticketing booth there was near no, no line like maybe two people in front of us mm-hmm. got our tickets walked right in got straight to the animals like we just yeah, we we toward the baby animals that was like that was the, the, goal. the list. <laughs> well and we knew that 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 those areas close at eight so we knew it was like seven o'clock by seven o'clock by the time we got there so we were like we got to make this time you also it's a there's also a void of time when you're surrounded by baby animals so Mm -hmm. it was kind of amazing and speaking of animals hello bee beatrice has decided to join us on the tiny couch um attentions attentions so if you hear the swipe of a tail on the microphone sorry about that anyways so yeah we got to pet goats we got to pet baby pigs we got to pet bunnies we got we got a lot out of our our baby time we saw baby cows Nagy need baby cows. Yeah, they did oh. not want to be petted, but that was fine. They 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 get to be in charge of who pets them. There is right something there. so great about like how many people are in those areas and how many people are on the ground, like on their knees, crouched down, like come here, come here, come here. And I'm like, that is not what cows respond to. <laughs> <laughs> we <laughs> well, all basically <laughs> start cooing at them like they're kittens. Doesn't yeah, work. That they're, way. they're just like, what, what is going on? And you know, we for our palate cleanser In between events, from babies to the next thing we saw, dinner plate dahlias. We saw like a bunch of flowers. We went to look at the crop art. I didn't realize it was called crop art. I definitely thought it was like seed and corn art. But they are very specific. Crop art. Yes. Um, Amazing portraits. Really. Somebody
1: had redone the official portrait of Michelle Obama in like seeds seeds and. You know, stuff dried berries or whatever, whatever it is that went into that particular crop art. They don't tell you when you look at the crop art. They do not tell you necessarily what um, elements were used in the art. You just look and appreciate. There was also a, a portrait of Barb from
0: Stranger Things, which yep, done by uh, a twelve someone under twelve years old. Yes, this is. They have like certain categories for ages, and I was like, who lets their twelve-year-old watch Stranger Things? <laughs> <I> guess someone. <laughs> um, and then there was also. Tina Belcher Mm -hmm. there was Aretha Franklin Prince someone also did um inflatable baby Trump yes but in seeds it was magnificent it was placed high I think to avoid being touched or judged (laughs) stolen yeah um so that was our palate cleanser before getting our actual corndog and elephant ear and seeing the amazing Harmar superstar for free at the liney lodge uh stage Stage. for free um apparently harmar was banned 19 years ago from state fair because he wore his normal outfit which is a pair of underwear (laughs) and sang his hits yeah at the teen stage (laughs) at the the state fair so you're just like
1: dude what who did the programming i feel like 19 years ago it was harder to find things on youtube and so (laughs) you know because me, i don't even know if youtube existed it probably didn't um (laughs) I suspect that somebody doing the planning for the Minnesota State Fair had looked and seen that his name was Harmar Superstar, and if you could, and you could still, you know, look at pictures of people online, you know, he's a he's an unassuming dude with a receding hairline, and he seems kind of goofy, and his name is goofy, and you could probably think that that means it's children's music. It, it is, is not. Not no. It is not. Should have been on the of stage, <laughs> and the performance is definitely not for children. So, yeah, he definitely uh, got banned from the Minnesota State (laughs) Fair for a while, but he's back. He's like, we're on good terms now. Uh, Yeah, he also, he did keep his clothing on during the show, which there were a couple people in the audience who kept shouting, like,
0: take your shirt off. And he was like, we got it.
1: He's like, yeah, yeah, we get it. (laughs) I was like,
0: oh. 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 The
1: the show itself was super fun. And the corn dog was necessary to be able to do all the dancing that we had to do. Yeah, Yeah.
0: we... I think we, we did the Minnesota State Fair in an express route service, mm-hmm. but we we got in, we danced, we ate, we pet little babies, little baby animals. We got on a shuttle bus back home by 1030. Yep. It was amazing. It was perfect. So anyways, that was what's in our cup or in our, <laughs> in our bellies um, and in our hearts. It was a very full weekend. I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, works in progress. You've been working on something the whole time you've been here. It's true.
1: So um, as with most knitters, I take knitting with me wherever I go. As I've gotten uh, older, I have become more judicious. Um, I don't bring 15 projects with me anymore just because I can't decide between them, um, which is what I used to do. Like I used to be like, oh, I'm going on a vacation for a week. I'm going to finish like three sweaters. And I would bring like <laughs> so much yarn. It's You'd so have stu- more, <laughs> more projects and clothes. Yes. Yes. Didn't there wait. were definitely – there have definitely been times where I packed – an equal volume of clothing and craft supplies wow.
0: to go on vacation. Definitely have done
1: that. You know, because you're just like, your your eyes are too big for your tummy. Like, you always end up thinking that you're going to do more than you will. Uh, this time, I did not do that. This time, I brought one thing. And <laughs> it is a pair of socks that are just plain vanilla socks. Um, I decided to make a pair of socks from... A ball of yarn that my grandmother gave to me um, before she died Uh, so she my grandmother um, had this tendency to shop for yarn uh, when it was on sale of course and so she would buy things that uh, she had every intention of doing something with but as uh, she got older she really enjoyed making baby blankets and baby sets and kits like booties and hats and blankets and so a lot of the yarn that she had bought for making other things just didn't really get used So every once in a while, she would give me the stuff that she had bought that's really for making, you know, like garments for adults. Um, So this is made from a yarn. These socks are a self-patterning yarn um, by Regia, Regia, which is the same company that printed the yarn for the Kind of Magic socks by Wool and the Gang. So they specialize in these self-patterning yarns. Uh, This yarn is called Cotton Tip and Top Color, Um, and, uh, I, I'm not even sure if it's made anymore. It might be discontinued, but, which might've been why my grandmother got it on sale. (laughs) Um, but the, um, yarn is like 40% wool, 30%, uh, 35% cotton, you know, 25% nylon or something like that. And the pattern is sort of a muted rainbow that is interrupted by segments of white that either makes... Um Green speckles on the white or little zigzaggy stripes on it, so That's it's really cool. yeah, it is really neat it's a um it's a repeating pattern, but if your stitch counts aren't perfect, it will make a different repeating pattern so it doesn't really look weird no matter what you do with it, really, awesome. um, which is really nice and so um I decided that I wanted something obviously small and portable uh, because I knew we were going to be here going to like friends' barbecues and stuff like that, and I didn't want it to be fussy. Um, so I made, I decided to do, um, one inch worth of one by one ribbing to make the top of the stock, top of the stock, top of the sock really stretchy. And then I just knit plain stockinette down from there so that I got as much of the patterning of that yarn as possible. So just a plain, you know, ankle leg. It probably goes up, like the socks are maybe like six inches tall, something like that. Um... And then for the heel, I decided to, I was trying to, I was like, ooh, I'm going to do one of these other heel constructions that all these sock knitters say are really good. So I get a, I hear a lot, as I listen to knitting podcasts, and in particular, um, the one that I'm thinking of right now that led me to this, this heel that I wanted to do is the um, Prairie Girls Knit and Spin podcast. So they are um, two women who live in Nebraska and podcast together, and they're wonderful. And both of them, I believe, like using the Fish Lips Kiss Heel. So it's a heel that was designed to mimic um, store-bought socks. Mm. You know, so like with hand-knit socks, you have to measure the person's foot and um, try to match what you make to the person's individual foot Um which is really nice. Like, the socks that are made that way feel like no other socks. Like, they are so good. But um, you don't always have the foot of the person that you're trying to knit for. True. And not every heel construction fits every person's foot. So the person that designed the Fish lips Kiss Heel um, was like, well, you know, we all buy store-bought socks all the time. And somehow they all fit. So there's got to be some method method that they're using to... To achieve this goal and what she said that she had figured out was that they have negative ease in all the right places so that um, there's give to stretch and accommodate a wide variety of angle shapes Mm -hmm. right so as long as you buy a foot that is pretty much as long as you need it to be the toe Mm -hmm. will probably be right um, because they you know they design toes in a similar way which actually I don't like the store-bought sock toes because they have seams on them but the ankles always fit, and it's because, you know, the designer thought, because of this design strategy. So I got all hype that I was going to make these fish lips kiss heels on these socks. So I bought the pattern while I was at the barbecue and looked at it, and I realized that it requires you to um, have, you know, outlined your foot on cardboard and then measured where your ankle is relative to mm-hmm. your heel. And that was a whole bunch of stuff I didn't feel like doing at barbecue. <laughs> but so I will try the fish, fish lips kiss heel another time. But this time I just went for, after doing all of that rigmarole, I was like, well, I guess I'm just gonna do a heel flap and gusset. I am gonna do the <laughs> same heel that I could have done any other time. So I made a slip stitch heel flap, and then turned my heel, and then made a little gusset to taper down from mm-hmm. the instep. And I'm on the, the body of the foot right now, and I'm super happy with them. Nice. just tried them on. They, they feel nice. The traditional heel flap and gusset is um, a shape that works well on my ankle. It's good enough, you know. Um, and basically what it is is that you get to the part where your leg stops and hits your foot, and you kn- knit a square to cover the back of your heel, and then you knit a little triangle in front of that to cover your bottom of your heel and then you pick up all the way around the foot again and start tapering that down over your instep um, so it's and that makes a shape that mimics the way that your your foot looks when you're standing
0: right yeah it's a standing position yeah part no. but it's
1: got a little more flexibility in it so that it's not really tight over here stuff yeah yeah, yeah. so it, it, like I said it works well for me it doesn't work well for everybody but I like it and that is that's the only thing that I'm working on right now I'm trying to think if I'm working on stuff at home I am i this is a long <laughs> a long languishing whip which is the EDT that I've been talking about pretty much since we started this podcast <laughs> I played yarn chicken and lost Um, so I got the pattern, I was really excited about it and you know, top tip guys, if you ever decide that you want to try to double up on thin yarn to Uh make a thicker yarn, you can't just add up the total amount of yarn that you have that you're doubling up and assume that it's going to equal that same amount of the thicker yarn because Ooh. while you're holding those two strands double... So what, here's what I did. I took a lace weight yarn, and I decided to hold it double to make a sport weight yarn. And that does work. This two, two strands of lace yarn made the sock yard or the sport weight yarn, um, and that was fine. What was not fine was that what I did is I looked at the total amount of lace weight that I had. And let's say it was 1,000 yards. And so I thought, okay, well, if I hold it double that means I have 500, 500 yards of sport weight. That is not accurate, actually. Okay, what happened? Because as your whole, that only works if your yarns never twist around each other. Oh, extra taking so up you extra lose, distance. Uh. you lose length as you mm-hmm. knit double because the yarns twist over each other, and that shortens them.
0: And wow. it's really
1: hard to predict how much you're going to lose in that process.
0: Oh, my gosh. So you said you played yarn chicken and lost. That is correct. So what What? happened was that I had
1: had theoretically enough yarn to make this sweater, and I thought for sure I was going to be fine because I didn't really want the sweater to be the same as the pattern. I wouldn't want the body to be as long. I wanted the body to be a little bit shorter. So I thought, like, oh, I got this made, which I didn't whatever so I made the body of the sweater the front and the back and then I weighed the two little balls that I had at the end and it was definitely not enough to make two sleeves so then I thought oh I'll just go uh stash hunting I'll dive through what I've got and find some something that you know I could use to make the neck and the sleeves and I found something that I could have used But the more I looked at it, the more I was like, you know, I really want this sweater to be a solid color sweater. So then in desperation... Because of course, the other thing that I did that you should not do when you're playing yarn chicken (laughs) is to use a yarn that has been out of production for years. (laughs) Years. Oh boy. So what I had done was to use um, Knit Picks Shadow Lace yarn, which is... That is still made, but the color... That if I not. chose, Golden Glow, is this amazing yellow that has not been made in a while. So then I had to go on Ravelry and, and <laughs> beg from people. And this is a good, this is you know a good thing to know is that um, on Ravelry, people who want to get rid of the yarns that they have have the option of putting it on their stash page and then linking, um, tagging it will trade or sell. So what I did is I looked up everybody who had this yarn in this color and of the like 30 people who had it two or three of them said that they would be willing to trade or sell it so i private messaged the two of them and you know they both got back to me eventually but one got back to me right away and said that she was willing to sell her two skeins to me and i was like oh thank god which it might not match like the lot numbers probably won't match but But i'll just it's close enough number one it's going to be close enough because even with my yarns that were all the same lot number the yarn is so subtly variegated that it ends up looking stripey anyway so it. whatever it already looks like i made it from hand dyed yarn which i did and that's fine um it so yeah enough
0: though two skeins yeah sleeves?
1: yeah for sleeves and a collar yeah because i have i still have a little bit left. left it just wasn't enough on its own so plus another you know, whatever it is, 880 yards of this, it'll, I'll make it, but <laughs> oof. labor of love. Oh wow. my God. The thought of unraveling that because I didn't have enough and I wouldn't be happy with no. subbing another yarn. I was just like, don't make me unravel. You're, you're about to have a sleeveless tee. I thought about that too, actually. And then I was like, no, even that wouldn't make me happy. Cause I tried, I tried it on. Um, and the shape of it, it's just not designed to be a sleeveless top. Right, the arm size are totally wrong for that. <laughs> Whew. Girl. Drama, yes, yes, um, that's great. <laughs> and then I had it's one, not great, but it's funny. <laughs> I had one finished object, which is a welcome blanket. I actually oh, yeah. made a welcome blanket. I'm really, really happy with it. Um, it looked
0: really good. Cool. It was a flying geese.
1: Yeah, it was kind of. like this flying geese style. So flying geese,
0: you probably know more about this than I do. As a Quilting yeah it's a pattern a quarter triangle or sorry what do we call them half square triangles it's a variation of that that you can make into a upward facing upward like sh- uh, sorry shallow face uh, shallow pointed um, triangle pattern so that you know replicate geese yeah. in flight kind of thing yeah
1: so it's an abstract it looks like abstracted geese basically yeah. um, and so it' If you are not a quilter, you would see this blanket and say, oh, it's a geometric blanket. And the geometric shape is triangles that are pointed forward like arrows. Um, So it looks like a line of flying geese. Uh, And so what I did is I took yarn again. I think this is probably why I'm making the socks from yarn from grandma is that I made the blanket mostly from yarn from grandma, um, which was a, a lion brand. You know, again another discontinued yarn but it was like a lion brand um homespun style you know acrylic yarn which I use because um you know this blanket is going to go to people who are new to the United States and I don't want them to have an item that is difficult for them to wash. use yeah <laughs> right like they may have small children they may have pets they may have who knows what and so um I made the whole blanket out of washable acrylic yarn so that um, it was just very easy. Um, So the bulk of the yarn, or the bulk of the blanket is white, and then the geese were either um, a sort of warm golden yellow or a cool medium to deep tone gray. And I thought that as a color palette, that looked really good together, and it would go with a wide variety of um, household furniture and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, right? So... So that was good. That came together
0: quite quickly. Did you get it in in time for the event?
1: I, so the welcome blanket is a project that was done last year and this year. And the project is basically knitters from around the world can make this blanket. It's going to be mostly people from the United States make blankets to represent the 2000 miles of the border wall that Trump proposed and so the idea is that rather than having a wall to keep people out, you make this wall of welcome to welcome people in. And um, the first year it was hosted by the Smart Museum in Chicago. And this year it was hosted by the Museum of Design in Atlanta. Um, and my blanket was not sent in on time to be part of the exhibit. So I missed the exhibit deadline by a couple of days, but the um, like to be included in the exhibit, the exhibit itself is on display until the 9th of September. And then the blankets get mailed out to um, recent immigrants to the United States. Got it. So it'll so, still be going out. Yeah, my blanket will get sent to somebody, but uh, it wasn't on display, which is fine. You know, I don't... That's not why you did it. It's okay it. with me that it was not part of the exhibit. Um, but I also included a note um, because, you know, if you knit one of these blankets, a lot of people included notes about, um, you know, their name, where they're from, and then um, a story about their families, um, Immigration uh, to the United States because obviously the vast majority of people in the United States are immigrants. <laughs> and so um, my story was basically that, you know, on my mom's side, we don't actually know a whole lot about our family's immigration story because um, although we know about the people who lived in the United States, prior to uh, the United States, our family ancestors were adopted. Um, and I can't remember how many generations back that so was. Twin sisters that were yeah, adopted. that were adopted, so we don't know where they came from. But um, clearly they were children who needed a home, and there was a family that was able to provide that home. And I feel like that is what that is how I hope people coming here feel that they needed a a home, they needed a safe place to be, and that they were able to find it here. So,
0: right. Yeah, Very good. Yeah, how about you? Works in progress. Um, currently, lots of stuff still like not even simmering. Like, they're on a, it's a crock pot at this point. Like, <laughs> they're on autopilot. Um, I would say, like, because of my workload right now, it's, uh, we're starting fall. So, I'm pretty busy with mm-hmm. fall deadlines and stuff like that. So, my, my creative energy has gone towards work a lot. I think the only thing that has been really exciting and interesting was uh, putting up a hammock in my dining room that was kind of a big thing <laughs> a, a good friend of ours um Lisa she her and her husband are kind of outdoorsy and I say outdoorsy as in like he reviews things for his blog and for work for camping um for outdoor activities and stuff like that so they get tons of cool products and test a lot of stuff out and uh they love this hammock so much that they kept it in their living room and I thought that was really fun so I was like yeah let's get one And we have a bay window in our dining room that we didn't put our table in because our table, surprise, surprise, also Lisa and her husband, Clint, uh, inspired us to have a bumper pool table. Um, They don't have a dining room, so they just had like this area, their open area that they like to hang out in. So they bring their bumper pool table out and just play on that for a while. And we did that. So of course, now Chris bought a bumper pool table. It is our dining table. Anyways, long and short of it, I have nothing in that bay window and a friend of mine was like you gotta put something cool and relaxing in that bay window and you know a hammock is a great option yeah the hammock's pretty cool everyone is always marvels at it because once you see it you're like what yeah let me get in there and then once it's like getting on a swing set like people love it people can't help but love it and I just realized that someone has decided to mow their lawn while recording so anyways, I'll, I'm going to lift this up just a little bit. Let's just pause.
1: pause uh, right. So we decided to relocate because a neighbor decided that now was the
0: best time possible to mow the lawn directly underneath the deck. Well, and also, I'm sure she gets up hella early. So she is normally up, 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 up. And I'm sure she was like, and the hangovers will be done now. Because <laughs> <laughs> the next door neighbors to her uh Yeah, they they party pretty hard. So, um, she's really sweet. She's totally fine with it. But anyways, so yeah, today has been a lot of uh, interesting sound challenges. And hello, Tubi, again. Um, Get up here, you weirdo. Nope. Well, everyone can hear your tail, so that's great. Anyways, okay, so we were talking about works in progress. Hammock. There. That was (laughs) was my work in progress. I'm about to get in that hammock after this podcast because this is a lot more stressful than I give... um, than I would I have expected to, yeah. a holiday
1: to be. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so that's kind of a, the worst in progress. But um, other than that, hopefully in a week or two, work will calm down and I will be able to get back to sewing and quilting and, you know, eventually finishing a baby blanket for somebody I know who's, you know, baby's like near eight months old at this point. So, <laughs> it's um, still a baby. Baby's still a baby. You know, it's not eight months old. I'm, I'm exaggerating, but it's, <laughs> it's older. Um, anyways, so that's kind of it. Uh, do you want to give a gold star? Well, yeah,
1: I, I think I would rather go second. Why don't you go first?
0: Okay. So for Gold Star, I want to give one a big one to Harmar Superstar because he had a pretty big gathering of folks. Um, a lot of people came out, and as we were watching the show, there was, a, there was a lot of people that Island and I were like, hmm, who knows what they're about to see? Like, do they understand <laughs> who he is what he's about to do? And what was interesting was that they had a lot of people sitting down, but Harmar Superstars music is not something you sit down to. It's, generally speaking, you generally are up and dancing. So maybe it was like the second or the third song in, a wave of people rushed near the stage, not on the stage, but near it, and you could tell it made Harmar and the whole band super happy. Like the the energy changed. Like they were, it wasn't such a controlled show. It became like a lot more fun, and people were just like, pumping their fists, drinking beer, going crazy. And as soon as the song ended. Harmar was like, oh, man, thanks, guys, so much. This has been, you know, I, I'm so happy to see you guys up here. But can you please be mindful of everybody who may not be able to dance right now? Like, they might be in a wheelchair, someone that's older than you. Please be respectful. Please be mindful. And I was like, oh, what an adult, cool <laughs> thing to say. And it made me so happy that he was just really aware of the Minnesota State Fair audience. And it made him really happy to be there. And he was trying to just be mindful. And I thought that was such a... Minnesotan nice thing to do and a real Minnesota nice, not not a negative. And um uh, his fans were just a couple people have gotten carted out on the first two songs yeah, because people were a little too rowdy. They were like meathead dudes too. I was just like, <laughs> who came to Harmart fucking bru- like rage? And two people did. and but it kind of led this sea change of like everyone. Like getting up to getting dance. getting ready to dance, and it was really fun. But after that, like there wasn't really anybody sitting anymore. Like people, everyone got up and st- everyone who could got up. Yeah. But what I also loved about the Lyney Lodge stage is that it behind the regular seating area were um, wooden, is it Adirondack chairs? Mm-hmm. Adirondack style chairs. Yeah. yeah that they had line and Google chairs like that, uh, that you expect to see on people's, you know, docks and, yeah. pa- and patios. And they had tons of that, they were just filled with older people, just going, mm-hmm, yeah, all right. You know, and again, Minnesota State Fair is the great Minnesota get-together. There are many, many walks. Mm-hmm. And I also didn't give a gold star to this, but I think this is a good honorary mention. Um, my friend, uh, a friend of mine, I won't say who, but um, a friend of mine from San Francisco who I'd met a number of years ago through our friend Machek. she and her husband moved back here to Minnesota maybe two years ago, and they just recently had um, two boys and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, you know, one day I'll, I'll hang out with them. That's cool. And she texted me out of nowhere last night. And she was like, I saw you at the Harmar show and you were dancing. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. So it's kind of a... It is the great Minnesota get-together. I was surprised I didn't see anybody I knew, but someone actually did see me. So I think that was nice. pretty magical. Yeah. Um, and then my last, last, last part of the gold star was that <laughs> just last week we were hanging out with a friend of Chris. Uh, her name's Ramey, and she um, is a tattoo artist in New Orleans now, but she's originally from Minnesota. We were hanging out at Grumpy's Northeast, and uh, the night, you know, like a general Thursday night, wound up being a leg wrestling competition. Of course. And like you do. Like I do, um, or like anybody does, in at Grumpy's. Anyways, so long and short of it, I was talking with these people. We're having a good time. We decided to have a leg wrestle. It's fine, and this girl beat my ass. Uh, she's real strong. Both sides. I only have one strong leg. She's got two strong legs. She used to play roller <laughs> derby. I should have known what I was dealing with. She's undefeated. But the joke was, is that we did that. We had a great time. Someone videotaped it, and they sent it to me. And they're like, "Hey, you remember that time that you?" Uh, like wrestled in front of Harmar Superstar, and I was like, what? I'm super confused. That was not a time. That wasn't a time. I told you I was going to go see him at the state fair, but like, that was kind of it. And lo and behold, the video shows him walking out. It was actually Harmar Superstar walking out in the midst of the first round where he saw me beat her ass. And that next thing. it was the only time I won that round. Um... But it was just like, what a weird Minnesota week it's been. I feel, I feel like from start to finish, I wanted to go see Harmar. Harmar came and saw me. Leg wrestle at Grumpy's on a Thursday. And then I finished this week with a really seeing solid him, finish. Yeah, human uh, performance. Yeah. It was kind of a very Minnesota time. Anyways, um, what's your gold star?
1: Uh, so my gold star is related to this podcast which is that um this is gold star and shout out mm-hmm. to the person who correctly and first responded to our mystical joke <laughs> from the last podcast, so um I didn't warn her that I was going to uh, give her a gold star, so i don't I don't and I'm not even sure if I could find her real name if I wanted to, but she's a lyrical knitster on instagram and I don't know her, which means that there are people who listen to this podcast we that know. aren't just friends and family. <laughs> Actually, Maybe it's just the one. I don't know. I mean, but... to be fair, though, we're, we're at a thousand downloads, so pretty darn close. I we are think... not quite there yet, but we're close.
0: You know, like, um, by the end of this recording, so there's going to be a few more. Okay, so we're hitting a thousand. I, okay, sure hope so.
1: <laughs> um, but anyway, so uh, I wanted to thank her for listening. And Absolutely. I wanted to thank her for participation. She gets participation points, and uh, she was correct that the reference that we made last <laughs> week to "Danger" was definitely a mystical song. And she linked to a video, which was oh, also she...
0: much appreciated because I hadn't seen that in probably
1: fifteen years, twenty
0: years. It's been maybe? a while. It's but been a long time for something that is so ingrained in our minds. Yeah, you need that reminder sometimes. I... Thank you. Thank you, YouTube. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Instagram. Thanks for bringing us all together. It was great. Indeed. Indeed. Um, so that's my gold star. Thanks for listening
1: and for playing along. And, you know, hopefully there will be more of that in
0: the future. It felt really nice. That was really good. Yeah. So, uh, episode 21, go, go get your shots ready. <laughs> time to drink. No, I'm kidding. Um, But it's been really good. I can't believe we made it to 21. Every time we have an episode, I'm like, I can't believe we made it. <laughs> Maybe I need to give myself a gold star and calm down. <laughs> Maybe, yeah,
1: exactly. But, um, but awesome. yeah, that kind of wraps up the episode. Um, the, the last announcement that I want to make is that Moran and I are going to be at Vogue Knitting Live this year because it's going to be in Minneapolis. Say what? Yeah. So it's, I think the first week of November. November? Yeah. <clears throat>
0: First or second week of November, I can't remember, but...
1: Yeah, it's got to be... I'm sorry, it's the second weekend of November, so it goes from, I think, November 9th through the 11th, mm-hmm. um, and there are a bunch of events associated with it, so if you're in uh, the Twin City, er- Sweden Cities area or anywhere nearby, um, 10 bucks gets you into the market, which is, of course, the probably the largest part of the whole thing. Right. Um, and, of course, they also have classes and things. I think some of the classes have sold out, but um, we're taking a class that I don't think is sold out yet. We're taking one of the Shibori... Indigo Dyeing classes. Dying classes. Yeah. Um, so we'll be taking that together. We're taking the Friday class, I think. I think it was only offered once. Yeah. So. Um, so we'll be taking that one class and then, you know, hanging out the rest of the time. And I think the night before, we also got tickets to go to the Stephen B. show. Mm. So um, there's, like, a Stephen B opening party thing or something at his shop, um, which super. I haven't been to yet. I'm super excited about going. Same. Um, yeah. yeah. So. Coloradus. Yeah, yes. exactly. If you guys are going to be at Vogue Knitting Live, let us know. We would love to run into you. Um, and you'll hear us because you'll hear the same voice in stereo around you <laughs> and think it's one woman yelling at herself when really it's us. It's us.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're probably going to be laughing at us. You'll find us. Um, yes. And then the other thing I'll mention about Vogue Knitting Live is that it is a tour there is multiple events, like I believe there's one in San Francisco and a couple yeah, others. Yeah, both Bitting Live moves around. Yeah. So that's definitely something that if um, if you're not in the Midwest, check it out though, because it is a really great uh, resource for classes and um, I think it's a great way of getting connected and seeing more products. So yeah. I think it's very cool. All right. I think that was it. We're done here. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for
1: listening. If you want to find us, we're on Instagram as Stitchcraft Sisters and our website, stitchcraftsisters.com. You can download from iTunes, which is probably what you've done. I think that's what most people do. Yeah. Um, But you can also listen to us on the website itself. And uh, if you want to um, talk to us or anything, Instagram is the best place to find us. And if you want to promote the show, then the best thing to do is probably to leave a review on iTunes, um, which Mm -hmm. most people haven't done. And that's fine. Like, it's no big deal. But if that's something you want to do, we appreciate it. But otherwise, if you want to reach us, Instagram is the best way.
0: Awesome. All right. Thank Um, you.
1: Yeah. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.